All right, everybody, welcome to another podcast episode with Nick Flanagan and myself. We did this uh, podcast a few days after Christmas. Originally, I wanted to do it a week before, but uh, I had gotten off tour and I felt really under the weather. Um, What happens when you do a tour, I've heard this from many people, is your body just refuses to get out of bed when you're finally home. And that's what happened to me. So we had to postpone the podcast until after Christmas. And uh, again, you know, doing a five-week tour kind of, once you're home, you kind of get lazy. And so I had originally wanted this podcast to be the last episode of 2011 and it is I procrastinated and I just got really lazy so it is now officially the first podcast of 2012 I hope you enjoy it Uh, as always this episode is brought to you by blue mic microphones and skull candy headphones check them out at bluemic.com and skullcandy.com Check it out. It's the first podcast of 2012. The official Danko Jones podcast starts now. Warriors. What's that? What are you? What are you referencing? Wu Tang Clan. Uh, no, it's a movie, The Warriors. Oh, The Warriors. Come out and play! I guess Wu-Tang was referencing that. Shu-Tang. That's isn't that, the a, store. isn't that a lyric from a Wu-Tang song, too? Uh, I don't think it's a Wu-Tang song. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's a Method song. Man lyric. Oh, like, Warriors come out and play, eh? You're right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yes, we're both right on that. So, uh, this is how it started. <laughs> what a, Well, I just pressed record when you said that. Did you even know you were on the mic? For Warriors come out and play? Yeah, yes. That's when I started. I always know. That kind of thing. I could stop and we could start again if this is super lame to start. I don't know. I think we should just keep talking, and the worst case scenario is that you just... Uh, Cut out, out this part where I'm talking All about right. warriors. Okay. I thought it would be really good to like get people back into the mood to listen to the podcast. We haven't done a podcast in five weeks, although we kind of staggered it while I was on tour for five weeks. Can't so. believe it's been five weeks already. Yeah, the it last seems like time yesterday. We did a podcast was with Nikki Payne. Remember that? Yes, I did. Um, that was fun. We did. I didn't know who she was. You knew who she was. I mean, I knew who she was, which is why I wanted her on the podcast. Right. But I didn't know. That's her. a really weird thing to say. Is I didn't know who she was about a person <laughs> you welcomed into your home <laughs> and onto your podcast. Yeah, she she was. Uh, I'm a fan of hers, and and so hadn't really ever sat down and talked to her until we started rolling on the podcast. So that was the longest I've talked to Nikki. Okay. Um, and how was it when you had to sit down with her for an hour at my place and talk to her? Oh, it was fine. We're yeah. part of the brick wall brotherhood, sisterhood, fraternity, sorority. Right, the Canadian right. club. Right. We're co- comics. 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 Great. <laughs> <laughs> How's the energy level? reason why it's been a while between podcasts is because if you're following my band online, we went on tour for mm, five weeks, uh, shy of a couple of days. We were away for five weeks touring. Shy of LaBeouf. Yeah. Touring um, all of Europe, 
we played um, and we've done a, a several tours of Europe for this last record we put out below the belt and this was the final swing and we were doing um, uh, smaller cities here and there for example if we've done Zurich already uh, on this tour but this time for this last tour we did Vintatur which is I think maybe an hour and a half away from Zurich that's so, also in Switzerland yes so we were doing um, I, I, I don't know how the term but regional shows or, or smaller cities or other cities isn't the term uh, the uh, cold harsh clinical term it's uh, secondary markets um, tertiary markets yes I've heard that term I don't like that term because um, it makes the people in those cities feel less than and sometimes those are the best shows yeah. as was the, this tour I mean some of the shows we played on this tour were so energetic and there's so much of a, a kind of a back and forth between us on stage and the band that uh, I was really kind of pumped by it but if you're playing a smaller city or town a lot uh, a lot of the time the venue you're playing might be smaller than the venue you play in a larger city I'm, I'm not asking about you specifically but that's sort of the case Sometimes, right? Well, only because of population. That's what I'm talking right? about. Yeah, like a city. I'm not. That's got, I'm not saying for any right. uh, reasons. It's I mean, sheer numbers. I saw Dan, Dan Danzig. I, I he's, he's always going to follow us on this. <laughs> I love Danzig, man. But I saw Danzig in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and that was at a probably three to five hundred person the, uh, hall or whatever. Wow. Yeah, venue, five hundred person venue. Okay, that's awesome though, mm-hmm. and that and it was a way better show than the one I saw. The next day at maybe an 800 to 1,000 person venue with Deicide, where there were Nazis at the show. Danzig played with Deicide? Danzig, Deicide, Cattle Decapitation, Chrision. I like Chrision. Chrision didn't do it for me that night. They're a very good band. Um, from Brazil, I believe. Are they from Brazil? Chrision, yeah. K R I S I U N, I believe. That's the band. Um,. But anyways, getting back to the tour we just finished, um, yeah, I guess some of the venues were smaller because it was smaller towns, but it was, um, you know, 500 to 1,200 capacity venues, mm-hmm. yeah. depending on the, the, the day, mm-hmm. and they were all full, I don't want to toot our horn, but um, they were full, um, sold out to full or full to sold out. So, I mean, there was a lot of energy in the room and there was a lot of back and forth in the room. And I think people could really tell that, you know, with Adam Willard in our band playing drums, we were really gelling off stage, and we would bring that on stage, which was such a new experience for me doing a club tour in a long time. I haven't had that feeling where we're joking around in the dressing room before the show and... The intro music starts, we walk on stage, and the joking still continues while we're on stage. And I think the audience on this on this tour really kind of could feel that. And we had a lot of fun and a lot of banter back and forth between the audience, which I love. And yeah, it was it was a great, great time. Now, z- the energy that was zapped from me was at the end of the tour. I think my body, I don't know what happened. My body and my mind didn't connect by the end. And I think my mind told my body that the tour was over. In the last couple of shows in France, I don't think anybody in the audience caught on, but I was a bit uh, under the weather. I was feeling under the weather, including the last show. And uh, I still thought that those shows were some of the best shows we did on the tour, but I I would basically 
feel really good on stage, and then once the show was over, I'd just want to collapse. Did you have a lot of mucus? No, no, it was more of um, a head thing, uh, like a uh, a body thing. Like my whole right. body was fatigue, dizziness. Yeah, like something was pressing down on every muscle in my body. Right, confusion. Yeah, and, and uh, God, I, when I got home from the tour, I could, which is why we couldn't do it last week. I had to cancel the podcast scheduled it was because I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, so that was the tour. We did a great, had a great run. There was a few moments that were great. We we took the this band from Atlanta, Georgia, out on tour with us, uh, starting from Utrecht, Netherlands, to the last show in. In uh, France, right outside of Paris, Riz Orange was the last show, and they were called. They're called the Biters or Biters right. from Atlanta, Georgia, on Underrated Records. They're a great band. Uh, you know, Kiss meets Sweet. You know, they're just one of those great bands, exploding hearts. Um, very cool. Very and nice guys. Really, really great band live. And uh, it's great when you can tour with a band that you kind of handpicked to be on the, on the on the road with you. I don't, I wasn't able to watch every show, but you know when you're getting ready for your set, it's nice to hear some music you really like that you listen to on your iPad, playing out in the hall, you know, right before you. So that was. I don't have an what, iPad. Okay, iPod. You gotta have an iPhone or an iPod. So um, that was the tour. And also, when we were in Turku in Finland, Michael Monroe came out. It was really nice to see Michael. Um, and Raw Power opened up for us on the Italian date on the tour. How so was that? It was great. You know. Wow. Um, so it was a lot of fun. We had we had a a, a good run, and uh, I'm glad we did it. I'm happy that the tour went went uh, successfully I'm also very happy to be home and I am chilling and relaxing this is about as much work as I've done since like setting up the computer setting up the mics Mm -hmm. um, having you sit down here that's the most work I've done since I got home welcoming me to your house yeah and uh, that was through Christmas I did pretty much nothing meeting me at Starbucks earlier today Mm. a lot of work I went to the I did a grocery run that's Got big. some food. That, did that last week. That I, lasted through the week. Did you get some uh, holiday time presents? Politically incorrect. Um, uh, what did I get? No. Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got a couple of sweaters. Nice. And a shirt. Are you wearing the sweater right now? No, I'm not, actually. No. no. I you got, know what I found out, and I tweeted this. What? You know... A, Part of Christmas is getting together family gatherings, and you you see people you don't see every year, or you see people once a year. These 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 mm-hmm. people in your life, and um, what was playing at one party, what was playing on the stereo was just kind of a mix, mm-hmm. and uh, then then someone started to play name that tune. So we were all just kind of like they were on the on the iPad or iPod and they were shuffling songs and people were guessing a song. One song came on and I had no idea who it was and they said Red Hot Chili Peppers. Classic. And I, I, I couldn't believe it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers because it was so adult contemporary, very, very just... Yeah, but they changed their sound into that. I didn't know. Californication era. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know. I said, what? Even I, before then, that song, Soul to Squeeze... Was like the was a like fully adult contemporary song. See, I'm and that's so mid nineties. I'm a re- like I'm I'm really retarded when it comes to like <laughs> stuff like this because um, 
I don't know if that's politically correct to use. I, oh, it's for sure politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so I, I said, look, what, what Red Hot Chili Peppers, what album is that? What did they say? And uh, they were like, Stadium Arcadium. And I said, oh, okay, I know of the album. I never heard it. And uh, it made me realize, and I said, well, and then I looked at all the Red Hot Chili Peppers on the iPod, mm. and there was nothing. It was Californication mm-hmm. and Stadium Arcadium, mm-hmm. and then a couple of other random. And then there was another one, By the Way or something, By Your Side. Um, I realized, and that was it. There was no Blood Sugar Sex Magic, no Mother's Milk, mm-hmm. no Uplift Mofo Party Plan. And I realized right then and there, there was a whole generation of people or kids who do not know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers are pre-whenever Blood Sugar came out, pre-91 or pre-1990. And I'm just thinking here, and they love them. They love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I'm thinking, wow, things have really reversed. Not only do I feel old, but I still feel, I feel, I don't feel old the way people used to get on Elvis... Elvis the pelvis's case or or you know making fun of heavy metal I mean I'm I'm talking about a band who I used to love and I love their album still Red Hot Chili Peppers who used to come on stage with socks on their dongs who right. used to sing like songs like Catholic schoolgirls rule and and uh, yurtle the turtle and uh, walk like a, a brave fight like a brave fight like a brave um, yeah, with Halel Slovak's uh, incredible, incredible guitar solo, or Real Men Don't Kill Coyotes. These are songs that I Did think they do of. that song, Tool and Die, by Consolidated? I, no. Oh, <laughs> Let's not talk about Consolidated on this podcast. Sorry about that. That, that, that band is banned <laughs> from being spoken of on this podcast. Banned, banned. Um, but but uh, it just made me think that, you know, that was when they had their edge, and here's a whole generation of kids who love this supposed rock band with, like, who've lost their edge. It's, it's an interesting case. It's, it's kind of like, you know, me going out, going up to people going, don't you remember this band called Slayer? They used to worship <laughs> Satan and... No one's into that. It's it's it makes me feel that although I'm getting older, I I, I have this edge. Uh, there's still the the edge has been lost. Shouldn't the edge be maintained and sharpened with the next but successive was it, generation? Was it edge that the, the Chili Peppers had in the eighties, or Dude, was it eighty five? They were walking on stage with socks on their dongs, stilts. They were like on stilts or whatever. They, They've and, got. The freaky styly the the lyric the only lyric on the song is um, um I say it loud and proud I'm freaky styly and I'm proud I fuck them just to see the look on their face that's like my personal mantra you ever read scar tissue no I'm not gonna you I, gotta read scar tissue I am completely scar tissue is amazing post I mean I heard I have on vinyl one hot minute not that I listened right. to it but really blood sugar sex magic is where I cut off I don't know anything but about scar, the scar tissue the book I'm not I've talking about the airport the, you got to pick it up I've because he wrote it the, he co-wrote it with uh, Ratso Sloman right who did the, the private parts Miss America so the oh, okay. so it's super oh, okay. super so. readable and um, this guy Anthony Kiedis like he's 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 amazing. He has. Is that what you're gonna say? He has started. He's the man. He's gone on and off the wagon. Yeah, that I know. Sixty nine times. Yeah, you know? his heroin. And problem. and so you do that. That's gonna. That's gonna dull your edge. The more drugs you do, the more the less. But you know, you're not. Not everybody's gonna be Iggy Pop, and and sure. and even he is probably not doing. You know, 
falling off the wagon very often at these days. So, so on top of that, you've got Hillel Slovak died, you know, lo- so long ago that there are people who have were born in our Red Hot Chili Pepper fans who, but after he died, probably. When, right. You know, and uh, well, John Frusciante was an and amazing. He's a mess, you know. Yeah, but he was an amazing, incredible. Uh, and then he came back to the, the the Red Hot Chili Peppers for the scar tissue thing, and and that was why people liked it. I think was because okay. he was doing these weird trippy, crazy town style uh, guitar solos. You know, he was playing crazy like town? sort of yeah. You know that song Butterfly. Yeah. Yeah, you know that like. Doo- you actually reference Crazy Town. <laughs> That's what Frusciante in Scar Tissue onwards it sounds like. He probably does a guitar solo on that Crazy Town song. But here's here's my point: is 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 the the, the band that we're making points now? Well, I'm just saying that with each successive generation, I would expect the edge to get sharpened. And people love Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they don't know about this edge this band used to have. And when I bring it up. I, I, I feel and I, I'm looked at as an old fogey. Oh, don't you remember when they had socks on their dongs? And they here's a band. Okay, here's a band where like Flea, the 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 bass player, right? You know, was 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 uh, playing with who was associated with Chet Baker when he was alive. Um, George Clinton produced Freaky Style. Right. Uh, Flea was in The Big Lebowski. Yes. They were they were associated. So was Amy Mann. Amy Mann was in. Yeah, I just saw it the other day, and she's she's the lady. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she's very cool, but very consistent. Yeah, I love love Amy. But I'm just saying that that here's a band that was so like you know, and Anthony Kiedis. Point Break. They were in Point Break. Yeah. He's got hepatitis. That's all. As long the kids these days, all they need to think someone is edgy is to know they have hepatitis. That's why they like Steven Tyler. That's why they like. Uh, Anthony Kiedis, that's why they like I don't I'm not gonna accuse anyone who of having hepatitis besides those two guys. Hey, listen, oh Keith Richards. Hepatitis is pretty edgy. It's hep. It's pretty edgy. Yeah, it's hep. It yep. has the word hep in it. It gets you a pass you know? doing yep. like contemporary Celine Dion esque kind of love songs. But I will give him that if he does indeed have it. But you know, I just thought when I was younger mm-hmm. and I used to look at the old older generation, I, I used to say to myself, well, you know, when I'm their age, I'm still going to be listening to uh, satanic music. I'm still going to be checking out new bands the way I am right now. I'm still going to be, you know, and I am. I lived up to it. I, I kept my word. I, I love the more satanic it is, the more intrigued I am, the wilder they, they are, the more intrigued I am. I might not necessarily like it, but I'll always check it out. Is your life better? Because of this vow? Um, n- no, but I, I, it's all in, you know, kind of like keeping up with things. And and, uh, and my interest hasn't waned. I don't do it out of necessity. I, I do it out of a genuine interest to know, you know, what's, what's the cutting edge thing. Whether it's in comedy or whether it's in music, I always want to hear what's, what's uh, you know, supposedly cutting edge. Well, I'll tell you what. And these latest Chili Pepper albums are man. It's probably why I haven't checked in, and I was surprised. The the kids these days, I'm telling you, the thing, the only thing that they're doing to be edgy uh, is this shit on their face deal, where they got shit all over their face all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, that kid is. Why does this kid have a bull nose ring? Why am I looking at a 15 year old whose face looks like, you know, RoboCop's butt? 
Okay, is this a bit? Or are you serious? I'm working it out on <laughs> right now. No, but but seriously, like, honestly, we've all been doing that. I have I have two earrings. Oh yeah, earrings. That's that's for your ears. That's where they go. That's why they're called earrings. How about those big rings that people used to put in their earlobes the like ten they, years ago? They do that all. There's more people doing that now. What? And, yeah, and there's and there's there's people getting. You know, you te- realize when you take it off, you can't. It, the earlobe doesn't snap back as to have. No, you just you have. You just have a, an elephant ear for the rest of your for life. For the rest of your life. And then your kid is like pulling on it when they need things. You know, kid, you won't. You won't be fuckable. You won't have kids. That's what I'm saying. None of these kids want kids. I just. I get scared. I'm scared. And they like the dubstep. You do, you know it's Skrillex. You heard of this guy? Oh, man, I, Skrillex. So out of Corn just put out an album with this dubstep DJ, okay. Skrillex. Wow, I'm so out of it. They put out an, a whole album with a dubstep. They put out a dubstep album, and that's so smart of Corn because Corn are like like that new metal thing Done. is like the dub the equivalent to dubstep of of like rock and roll, basically a metal. You know, even when it came out, I was like, "What is this? This New is metal. garbage." New metal, corn. Probably, I don't know. We were still touring in America to know anything that was going on in, in Europe at the time. I mean, I'm talking when, when did 99, you start? When did 2000. you start touring in Europe? We Our first European tour was in 2001. And before then, you'd been going back and forth with America for yeah. like five years, let's say? Not even? Three years? Uh, yeah, three, four years. Three, four years. And com- comparatively, four years maybe. Four, how much more rewarding was going to Europe compared to going to America at the time? Well, I mean... The level you were at. Strictly as a traveler, you know, I, I was in awe of, of where this little band that we started at Dundas and River Street in Toronto had taken us. You know, suddenly I'm in, you know, I don't know, uh, Hanover or, or Hanover, Germany or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know... Uh, Gothenburg, Sweden, not knowing really where I am, just knowing that, you know, it was in another language and people were responding to something we did all the way back home. Um, But by the end of that tour, we were playing the Roskilde Festival in in, uh, Denmark in front of thousands of people. So when you think of it that way, it was really kind of a mind-blowing trip that we were lucky. You know, I always thought that being in this band for five, six years, I always go, I always thought, well, you know, if we just persevere, when will that break happen? Right. And I always thought it was in the form of an American major label or an American big indie label. Clive Davis coming up to you and saying... Or Corey Rusk, you Corey know, Rusk. From, from Touch and Go, coming coming up to us and giving us the keys to, you know, the, the get, get getting us a deal or, or putting them... Putting us on the roster, mm. and little did I know it, it, it wouldn't come in that form. It, it came in the form of playing shows in Europe and slowly, slowly building up an audience. And then you just keep doing that, and then you turn around, and there, there's a lot of people who are coming to your shows. And it wasn't necessarily the big contract and the big signing and the big record deal. We just, you know, we did it 
very slowly and very you know piecemeal things would 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 happen and but things got took time for the band around the time that that was as a model was of getting the big deal and doing stuff through record labels. That was, when still that was a model. It was a model, but it was diminishing, you know? If it was, I, 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 did, I had no idea yeah. because I lived in this bubble. Um, but we, you know, we, we came close, man. Like there was, you know, people from DreamWorks to see us in New York in 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went on stage in New York and I just, I just basically... Oh man, I'm such a I'm such an idiot. But I went on stage and I said, uh, "Oh yeah, I heard there's labels here to sign us." <laughs> and it was just the stupidest well, thing. You to said do. it more like you're like, "I hear there's labels here to sign us." I love how you're doing me in front of me. No, that's like and yeah. it's the two of us. <laughs> just go. Anybody hear from a label? <laughs> Is that your impression of me? Is that what you say to people when they go, so how is it doing the podcast with them? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, hey, uh, <laughs> let's turn on the microphones and get started here. Oh, we got a few suits in the room. It was, <laughs> I said something stupid like that, and yeah. dream, and then um, two years later, and not saying that we would have gotten signed, but two years later or a year later, Buck Cherry signed to DreamWorks because yeah. we had heard that DreamWorks were looking for a rock band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at the time they had signed the Eels, they had signed uh, Jonathan Fire Eater, they had signed all these kind of like really cool, quirky bands, and they needed a rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we went in, we, we, we had discussions with people at labels and in big high rise towers in. In New York City, and it was all very glamorous and fun, but nothing ever came of it. Did anyone ever say stuff to you like, look, you're doing a good thing, but we need to do a whole EP of Prodigy remixing you? There was was interesting ideas thrown out by people um, over lunches. Fat Boy Slim... Style, dude. There's been some. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disclose who. But over the years, we've had meetings with labels, and we meet these people and their ideas, and their i their ideas of our band and their interpretations of our band. Hilarious. There's this, and I'm never gonna say who it is because I'm not gonna be like that guy. But there's one time we met for the with this guy. And I'll just say that it was a meeting in Toronto. And he's sitting there with us and he goes, you know what you guys need? You guys need an uh, an iPod commercial. So what you you should do is the next time you write a song, make sure you got the word like rip, burn, or, or, you know, something that was iPod friendly that would catch the ear of iPod so you can... You can use. They can maybe take your song and turn it into their their iPod commercial. What so rhymes with USB? Burn. What rhymes with USB? Yeah, it was that, and we, <laughs> we we very very politely nodded our heads, and then when we finished the 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 dinner, we laughed our asses off. We still talk about that to this day. I've Rip, been. burn, and play. I think he said <laughs> one of his song title. Like, you gotta have a song called Rip, Burn, and Play. You gotta have a song called Shuffle. Yeah, stuff, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, or or hooking us up with, 
he goes, there was another another guy for this was a, a management company. You need. You need like an urban edge because what's the most popular music these days is like urban music. Right. So you need to hook up with, you know, get a get a get a rapper in there and like I'll Timbaland. hook you up. No, not even. It was yeah. pretty like Canadianized. And and uh, we'll you know you should we'll hook you up with these producers um, who are basically doing dancey pop songs for children. And we and, and, I, and I remember at the meeting I wanted so we actually met with them. You know, we have I have an open mind. I don't really cut people down just at their output. I give them the benefit of the doubt and say, well, if you're in the music biz, I I I hope that you know a lot more about music than just your output. For example, if you're in a metal band, I'd hope that you listen to Neil Young and Nick Cave and Tom Waits and sure screwdriver and whatever it else it is that you know that is not you know the music that represents you to the public Gary I would, Nelson I, yeah it's shit you know we all listen to all that stuff including screwdriver Doug and the Slugs I don't listen to Doug and the Slugs as much as I used to when I was a child <laughs> listening to Chum FM but anyways my point being is we met with these people even though they were a million miles away from wherever wherever we're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, just curiosity as well. And plus, hey, free lunch. And what I did is I brought I brought about 30 vinyl records in a bag. And I brought them to the meeting. And I just wanted to see if they knew these bands. <laughs> if we're gonna if they're wild. gonna produce us. Yeah, I just said, what do you think of this band? What do you think of this album? What do you and I just whipped it out and I started asking them, just so they if they have an opinion on it, even if they don't like it, if they say, Oh, I don't like that because of this. Can oh, I, I guess don't... what some of the LPs were? Sure. Take some guesses? Okay, here's my I can't remember, but uh, if I know myself, which is what I do, there was probably well, uh, the Scorpions one with the naked kid on it. No, I didn't bring any Scorpion. Virgin Killer? Not Virgin Killer? You didn't bring... Uh, no, I didn't bring Virgin Killer. Exciter? The Exciter album where they're uh, taking the, the woman... The flesh. <laughs> the no, it was more of a... You know, like, what we're from, you know? Like, I probably... Gigi Allen, Always Is, Was, and Shall Be. No. Um, probably a ZZ Top record, uh, a Sly, Sly and the Family Stone record. Thin Lizzy. Probably Isaac Hayes, and then... Pro- ACDC. Maybe, and but not that... Easy. Come on, Power Age. But no, people but, don't know Power Age. Maybe they did. I can't remember. But it was a, it was a stack of like soul and R and B mixed with rock and right. a little bit of metal and punk rock, like maybe a Buzzcocks record, and just go, and you know maybe a Black Flag record, and go, what do you think of this record? Right. And if they would go, oh, I don't like the Rollins era. I like the you know the Keith Morris or the Des Katina era, et cetera, et cetera. Then I would go, okay. Yeah. I get, I got you, because I've I've met people who are in dance, who are into, who are in dance music, pop music, but they know their punk rock, they sure. know their metal. So I always give people the benefit of the of the doubt, and it was just like these kinds of meetings that really, really discouraged me and broke me. And then when Europe came calling, we went on this first tour, and my God, people knew about music, they knew about metal. I saw bands that I thought were washed up, were had a whole career here, and that that brought it back home to North America eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a godsend. Those the 2001 and those first few European tours were a godsend. Europe is one of those places where it seems like you'll talk to people and they'll go, they'll like all kinds of music. Maybe not rap, but everything except rap, you know? Sometimes and, rap. Well, and even if they just know one kind of music, they know a lot about it. Yeah. 
and they know, you know, like kind of B level bands, C level bands, as well as you know the ACDCs and the. And they the played like a, a small thing at festival, more like one of those festivals where it was just shows with really disparate bands and three days of them in in Germany, and uh, like. Well, very, do you remember the festival's name? No, I can't even. I remember it was in the city of Schweinfurt. Okay. And uh, I don't remember the name of the festival. All right. And uh, it was with a band called Meneguar and with a bunch of really, really varied bands. And people who'd become our band saying they liked us would also be like, we really like this band, the people from Meneguar in Woods. And Woods are nothing like us at all. They're like sort of new school, kind of Neil Youngy, psychedelic, sure, like cottage music from Brooklyn. But it's uh, it's cool. That they're all playing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. it's great. It's a lot more interesting than seeing four hardcore bands that all are basically the same. When you saw her Anyone want to contribute to this with me? Are you doing Email anything me. now? The brutal nights are nothing. Kerplunked. I sang some Teenage Head songs at a show earlier this year. Don Pyle show? Yes. Don Pyle, who hates my guts, by the way. Why? What? what? I don't know, man. <laughs> Should we get into this? I don't know. Well, listen. Um, I like Don Pyle, and I have his book, and I went to that show, and this was... I went there kind of nervous because... Um, I guess a few weeks earlier, me and Don, and Don Pyle, for everyone who's wondering, is the, um, he's a great guy. He's a man about the scene. He was in a band called Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet. They did the whole music score for um, Kids in the Hall, the whole series. All that kind of surfy music is Don on drums. Mm -hmm. And um, then they started uh, Phonicomb. Him and Reed Diamond with Dallas Good, and that was a great band as well. Um, and then he's just been, I don't know what he's been doing, but he's always around somewhere, and he put out this um, book called Trouble, Trouble in, in the, the Camera, Camera Club. Trouble in the Camera Club by ECW Publishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a great kind of photo book, photo essay on the punk scene in Toronto. There's pictures of the Ramones. There's pictures of the Sex Pistols and Blondie. Cheap, cheap Trick. Cheap Trick. Great old, old pictures that he took when he was a teenager. Endemics, probably. A young man. Dead boys. All kinds of stuff. Vile Tones. Vile Tones. Mr. Steve Lecky. Um... And so we, I, I, we have mutual friends on Facebook. We're not. This is a Facebook bust up, and uh, uh, yeah, that's what I. For anybody out there, um, I, I, I don't use Facebook the way people use it. Uh, I use it to annoy my Facebook friends and just to generally be a dick. Right. And so a friend of mine posted something on Facebook. Don posted something. And then I made a comment about about it. It was something to do with concession stands, and I I think I accused Don of bringing his being too cheap to pay for concession <laughs> concession food, <laughs> and and uh, he br- uh, bringing his own food because he's too cheap to pay for it. And man, that guy sent me a personal message. 
I have a different name. So he didn't know who I was at first. And I think he actually asked people who who I was, who this um, <laughs> alias I used was, found out who I was, and started, like, bashing our band. <laughs> and we played with Phonocomb, like, years ago in Chicago. And I've always been on good terms with, with uh, Don. And I thought it was all a joke and it was all fun. And then someone, uh, our mutual friend... I was talking to him, and he goes, what did you do to Don? And I, I said, I didn't, oh, my God, it's turned into this now. I had no idea. So I went to his Trouble in the Camera Club book launch party thinking I was probably going to get kicked out by him, but I still went because I thought the book was cool, and I bought a, I bought a copy. So if you're out there, Don, what gives, man? I was just joking around. <laughs> so there's that. Sorry. It's a good guy. He sent me a Christmas card. He didn't send me a Christmas card. Yeah. I got a Christmas card from Don. Very nice of him to ask me to play. I like so. Don. What did he what was in the Christmas card? Just like a it was a online it was an email, but it had a picture. It had a JPEG. Him with his that, face dancing as a reindeer or something? No, I think it was like a seasonal kind of illustration and it said Nick, happy holidays or something. Like that, very personable. So to answer your question, I've sung, I've done some covers in the last year live. Haven't done any music. Oh, sorry, that was the fucking yeah, reason. That was where we started talking about Don. So. I ran, I ran into this guy I know the other week, and he was like, "Do you want, we sh- do you want to make some like funny songs or something?" I'll probably do something like that, what, like Adam Sandler on SNL. Sure, who cares? Yeah, I'll do funny songs. I thought you were gonna do full on punk rock again. There's too many people involved in bands. <laughs> There's, I mean, when you join a band, it's like minimum three people. And then you're getting into like, there's always a third person. It's always person number three to five. That's where the problems lie. If it's, one, if it's you, you can turn the damn thing on and off. Once you get into several people, it's a thing where it's like, you know, even if, if it's you, who's the problem? Even if you go to them and say, mm-hmm. I'm going to be late. They're right. like, oh. You know what I mean? But if it's, it's just like, you. It's kind of like you doing this podcast, right? Right. If it's just you, you go, oh, I'm going to be late. And then nobody goes, oh. Or you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to be late. I hate myself. And it's just all in your head. Well, that's the. That's... Or with you and me, I go, oh, I'm going to be late. And then you're and then like, I tweet about it and go, hey. yeah, exactly. Like it was just, just two people, though. Um, I can psychically. That's the envy I have for for stand-up comedians or people who do these things on their own. Yeah. Writers, comedians, they are answered to themselves. They have only themselves to answer to. And sometimes when you're in a band and you mm-hmm. do something, you put all your heart and energy into it, and then there's one guy who fucks it all up. Right. Me. Well, what, whether the case man. is someone being late or someone fucking up on stage or fucking this or fucking that, you just want to beat on them. Yeah. Because you're like, really, did you have to get this drunk to perform? You know what, though? The thing is that's, a, that's good about being in a band compared to being in a one-person operation is you're a lot, unless you're hyper-confident as a one-person act, you're actually much more dependent on... Uh, you're much more needy, I think, in terms of approval from other people because mm-hmm. you don't know it. You don't have the instant approval of being in a band where someone's like, yes, I like, I or will you, I will work with you on or, this. Or you can hide. Or you can basically hide. 
What do you mean? If you're in a band of like, let's say four or five guys, right? You know, if you screw up, well, maybe two other guys can cover you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In in one person things, it's all on you. Yeah. You know. Okay, so as we've as I've noticed mm-hmm. when we do these things is we talk about how to end the podcast because I don't know we just come to a, a a crashing halt. Things start to slow down and we're seeing it it's kind of like uh, you know everything's in slow motion it's like a plane crash we're watching the plane that we're piloting slowly head towards the mountains and we've got to figure out how to best say goodbye to our loved ones you the audience well that's a really dark way to end it great I hope it's it's, a, it's been a dark year it's not getting better people it's getting worse Keep on rocking in the free world. And doot doot loot doot. <laughs> what are you doing, a Nardwar thing now? Oh, we gotta find Fucking... a sign off. How about this? He's got a great way to just end it. How's this? Doot doot loot doot. Why don't we just take his ending from him? What if what if we just say no one here gets out alive? <laughs> <laughs> the dark carnival is upon us. Doot doot loot doot. Doot doot. Right.